the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promises in John 10, 10. And today we continue in a series called Fear Not. Today, Sean focuses on your finances, and it's not about the money. It's about your provider. God has some promises for you, and do you know what those are? Well, reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do so today. There's a place to give at reachingforreallife.org. Today's part two of the message called, Who's Gonna Pay These Bills?, It's in the series called Fear Not. Pastor Sean is in Matthew chapter 23 and Malachi chapter 3. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. What we learn is that this this pattern that started in, in the very inception of creation of giving to the Lord of our produce became known as the tithe. And the tithe literally means the setting aside of a tenth of one's income for the Lord and his purposes. It is a covenant of worship. It's a covenant of worship. And and the way the tithe works, and we practice the tithe here at River City, it's how this ministry is funded. The way this tithe works is we give a tenth of what we earn to the ministry that God has called us to carry out to our community. And it is a covenant of worship because every payday, my obedience is telling the Lord, Lord, I trust you. You're where I go to meet my needs. I put you first. It's a covenant of provision. Lord, you promised to be my provider. Jesus said, my father knows what I need. I don't have to worry about these things. And I trust you in that. And what I want to suggest is that in this issue of financial fear, I don't know of any better way to address financial fear. And I've watched this happen in people's lives where they learn this discipline, this practice of the tithe and watch their faith begin to multiply and grow and their fear diminish. So if you're taking notes, write this down. The tithe is an ongoing discipline of my fear because it is a regular declaration of my faith. The tithe is an ongoing discipline of my fear. You understand sometimes your fear has to be disciplined out of you. You have to discipline your fear, whatever kind it may be. The tithe is an ongoing discipline of my fear because it is a regular declaration of my faith. And I'm not just talking my financial fear because it's all related. It is a discipline of my fear because it is a declaration, a tangible, real-world declaration of what I really believe, of my faith. A couple ways that the tithe works on my heart and changes me. Number one, the tithe moves me from the illusion of ownership to the freedom of stewardship. It moves me from the illusion of ownership to the freedom of stewardship. Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Is there anything that's excluded, anything that you and I have that is excluded from that? I mean, unless you've got some account over on Neptune that I don't know about. 
you know, unless they're like the Grand Caymans or something. They got some banks where you can, you know, hide it there. Everything on this planet is God's. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we understand this, right, doubly. Not only is it all God's because he created it, it's all his. But we're his. Our life is his. So it's his twice. It's his by, by right of creator. It's all his. But I'm his. He created me. He redeemed me. I'm his. I am his. And everything I possess, everything I take care of is his. That's what the scripture says. And I mean, we understand God owns it all. This is an objective reality, right? We're all going to leave and it's going to stay. Everything we have is, everything that you have, whether it's in the bank, in your house, wherever it is, business, it's alone. And maybe you live 80 years, maybe you really are healthy and you do really well and you live 90 years, great, that's awesome. It's alone because you're leaving it behind. Because those caskets, you can't bring Jack in the caskets. They don't have much room at all and they're getting smaller and smaller. It's like coach seating on the planes. I mean, that's just, that's just the truth. We understand that. We come in with nothing. The way, the way Job said it, naked I came in, naked I'm leaving, and that's just true. I come in with nothing, I leave with nothing. It's all alone. And that's the idea of stewardship. And we live with this illusion of ownership. And let me just say to you, this is one of the great burdens. It is a burden that we're not supposed to have. And it is. We worry so much about our stuff when in reality, it's all God's and it's alone. And that simple understanding will totally set some of you free. If you actually think about that, some of you maybe right now are starting to grasp how freeing it would be if you didn't have a lot of time and energy and emotional energy into how to hang on to what you have or how to get more. If you just understood, no, God wants to bless me. He does. The scripture talks about that over and over and over again. But what it is, it's all alone. And I'm a steward. I'm caring for something that belongs to someone else, that there is a burden lifted. And stewardship, when we say stewardship in the church, you think, oh, fundraising, we're going to have a fundraising campaign. No, that's not what stewardship means. Stewardship means taking care of something that belongs to someone else. That's what stewardship means. I'm like an asset, a financial asset manager. I'm caring for someone else's things. Haggai 2, 8. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. And this is reality. It's not just a way of thinking. It's not just a clever way of saying something. This is the truth. Everything else is an illusion. And what happens when we understand the illusion of ownership and the freedom of stewardship is we begin to get this healthy detachment from stuff. And it leads to freedom. It really does. And the good news is, and you understand this, in this whole concept, God gives us the freedom. He says that 10% is mine, says the Lord. It's all mine, but 10% is holy to the Lord. That's what we talk about when we talk about this tithe. Good news is the rest we are free to use. We're free to enjoy it. We're free to use it. We're free to manage it. Make the most out of it. But that 10%, he says, I want to teach you something, and I want you to understand this covenant of provision that is the tithe. See, the reality is he wants us to be free He wants to bless us. You you need to understand that. God's vision for you and I financially is freedom. And that is freedom from debt and financial fear and worry. Also freedom from this burden of trying to hang on to everything and build an empire that we're just going to leave one day. Freedom. He wants us to be free. And the tithe is one of the ways that he helps build this into us. It's an ongoing discipline of my fear because it's a regular declaration of my faith. 
Second thing the tithe does, the tithe trains me in the faithfulness of God. It is a regular training in how good and faithful that God is. I love this passage, Malachi 3, 8 through 12. It's one of the, one of the significant passages talking about God's promises regarding the tithe. And he makes them all through Scripture, but this is a condensed passage that kind of lays it out. The people had been withholding tithe, it seems. And God says through the prophet, Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Listen, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I'll not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Another translation says, till you don't have room to contain it. He says, I will rebuke the devourer for you. Not only will I bless you with increase, but I will, I will stop some of the leaks that we have. You know, it's, it's, isn't it amazing when you get a little savings, get a little money, the leaks that start coming? Isn't that crazy? It's like get a little money and you're doing good and all of a sudden the car breaks down. You need, need a new roof. You, you, one of the kids needs something and it's all of a sudden, oh, the leaks keep coming. God says, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruit of your soil and your vine in the fields shall not fall to bear, shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. And what's noteworthy about this passage is it's the only time in scripture God says, test me. Go ahead, put me to the test. And I wanted you to suggest it's because God is wanting to teach us something. See, this, the tithe, is this regular testimony of belief that God will bless the one who tithes. In fact, the very heart of the tithe is blessing. The heart of those offerings that he asked Cain and Abel to bring, that he asked Jacob, that he asked Abraham, that Jesus said, don't neglect this, that Paul, I don't remember if I read this passage of scripture to you, the apostle Paul said, 1 Corinthians 16, 2, he's talking to the Corinthians, he said, on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper. He's talking to a bunch of Greek people who've never heard this idea of the tithe, but he's teaching them Another translation says, according to your income, or as you may prosper, so there'll be no collection when I come. All throughout Scripture, this idea of the tithe, bringing this and teaching us the faithfulness of God. And what's so important is this idea is God has a desire to bless us. He doesn't need a, no, uh, doesn't need a loan. He's not hurting. The fact is he is wanting to teach us to be free from the fear and the other stuff that gets in our heart when it comes to resources. See, this idea of the tithe, it puts you under a covering or a canopy of the blessing of the Lord. That, that idea is God is provider. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. And then he says, Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with new wine. And this is where it gets so practical and important and I want you to get this. Um, what that Malachi passage is saying, what this Proverbs passage is, is telling you, God's saying, I want you to tithe, and I want you to tithe first, first fruits. You're like, I can't afford to tithe. Sure you can. You get $10, give one. That's how. Like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making it as is. What I'm saying to you is God is not sitting here going, I don't care about you, I need mine. That's not the heart of God. What he's wanting to show you is, I will do more with 90% than you can do with 100. That's the point. Oh, but that's a big step of faith. Yep. Remember faith rather than fear? 
and, and understand what he's allowing you to do. He is allowing you to mathematically prove the goodness of God. This is so good. And this is where we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called, Who's Going to Pay These Bills? It's in the series called Fear Not, which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And when you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azar. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message, Who's Going to Pay These Bills? This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. Mathematically prove it. For some of us who kind of are math people and we're like, okay, I just want to see it on paper. Because it's, it's actually impossible because 90% is always less than 100, right? There's no situation where 90 is less than 100. Unless, of course, I keep the 100 versus giving God the 90. And then because, well, you know, he's God, he is able to multiply. Like Jesus with a little kid's lunch, loaves and fishes. And he multiplies to where he says, I will do more with the 90 than you could do with 100%. Do you think that's possible? I mean, well, like, well yeah, he's God. What I'm saying is he's promising to do it for you. And, and here's the beauty. When you mathematically prove the faithfulness and goodness of God, and you go, man, and I, I love hearing people who start tithing, you know, and it's like, after one month, well, we're still alive. Don't know how, but we're still alive. Pastor Sean, you tried to kill us, but God was good. Okay. And then after two months, it starts to change. Okay, now it's getting weird. After three months, okay, this isn't coincidence. They're seeing the faithfulness of God, and they are mathematically proving the faithfulness of God. And here's where it gets really good you realize we're not little silos where that part, the financial part of our life is everything else and then everything else is separated, right? It's like when I see God's faithfulness and I prove it mathematically with money, then I trust him more in other areas. Like at work where I'm kind of fudging a little bit because I just know I have to, otherwise I'll lose money and I can't do that. God says, well, wait, wait a minute. I, I've showed you my faithfulness in the tithe. Maybe if you stop doing that and you're honest, I can bless your business. Or maybe there's something between you and your wife and you just don't think, I can't, I can, we're never, we can never fix that, whatever. We're just, we're just gonna get through and just not deal with it, not deal with it. God says, well, wait a minute. Look what my word says. If you'll love your wife as Christ loved the church and give yourself, oh, I'm already giving enough and she's taking it. Oh, God, it's terrible. And God says, wait, 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 wait. Remember what I did with the tithe? If I can do it with your money, maybe I can 
do a miracle in your marriage, or maybe I can do a miracle in your kids and your family, your business, all the areas of our life, all the stuff. And what happens is we don't just have faith in financial areas. We have faith through this tutor that's training our heart where your treasure is, there your heart will be. We're literally training our heart to go to the right place and trust him. All of a sudden we start to believe him better in all kinds of areas and we see the good fruit of belief and of faith. That's pretty good. That's what God has been doing. That's why Cain and Abel were told to bring offerings. Not because God needed some vegetables and some meat. No, they needed to know who the provider was. They needed their heart to be trained. They needed to be set free from the the sin that wants to possess and own everything that's devastating and destructive in our lives. See, the tithe is a declaration that I can trust him. He's my provider. It's an ongoing discipline of my fear because it's a regular declaration of my faith. The third thing that the tithe does, and this is maybe kind of obvious, but it's so important, it cultivates a heart of worship. When we tithe, and this, where your treasure is, there your heart, it's every, I get to direct my heart to say the things of God. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And understand something about worship. Worship is what you put first. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Worship is what you put first in your heart. We all understand that. What does my treasure say about what's first? Oh, that was offsides. No, but it's true. It's true. What does my treasure, my use of my treasure, say is first? See, when I'm afraid to tithe, when I, when I don't trust God enough, or when I just don't want to, I want to keep it for myself, or whatever, what I'm saying is wherever I'm putting my treasure... That's what's first. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. What you put first in your heart is what you worship. It is a, the, the, the tithe cultivates a heart of worship. It's telling my heart what matters. Even if my heart doesn't feel it right now, sometimes my heart needs a good kick in the butt. You're like, your heart has a butt? Well, you know. <laughs> you learn something new at River City every week. But sometimes my heart needs to be put in gear and say, no, 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 this is what's first. Yeah, but I'd like this to be first. I know, too bad. Too bad. And this is a way to tell your heart, when your heart is faltering, when your heart is leading you astray, to tell your heart, tough beans, we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. And as such, you're teaching your heart to worship. You're cultivating a heart of worship. Remember, finances is how we meet our needs. And wherever we meet our needs, and this is where you start thinking about pagan, ancient cultures and idols, what, what was it always about? It was about? It was about meeting their needs. It was about we need a good harvest, we need good rain, we need you know, productivity, we need all these things. And it's like, how we meet our needs is where we're going to worship. They're all connected. And God gave us our needs for a reason. Our needs will either lead us to him, or they will lead us away from him. This issue of the tithe is a way of saying, no, 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 my needs, God, I'm going to you, to, I trust you to meet my needs. Not, I trust you more than I trust myself. So I'm going to do what the scripture says and I'm going to give what I'm called to give. See, the tithe is an ongoing discipline of my fear 
because it's a regular declaration of my, of my faith. And finances is such an area of fear for so many of us. You want to get victory over it? This is the secret. And I've watched it happen in hundreds, even thousands of people's lives. I've watched them overcome that financial fear by saying, God, I'm going to tangibly worship you and trust you financially first. And I'm going to trust that when you said where my treasure is, there my heart will be, that you can change my heart. And he does. And last thing, the tithe aligns my heart with the heart of God. And this is so important. Remember what we read, Matthew 6, this passage we talk about all the time. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first his kingdom. He's talking about money. We understand with our lives, seek first his kingdom. But remember, the whole thing is about money. You can't serve God in money. Don't store up treasure. Where your treasure is or your heart will be. All, he's talking about money. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek the kingdom first. What that means is seek eternal things, the things of the kingdom. The idea, when we begin to tithe, when we walk in that, it aligns my heart with his heart because it puts my finances to eternal and kingdom purposes. Something that is lasting. Something that makes a difference. You understand God wants your finances to have a purpose. Not for you just to squeak by every month, but for your resources. He wants to bless you enough so that all your needs are met. And that you have plenty, not only the tithe, but then plenty even out of your abundance to give offerings or to bless your neighbor or to do something do something for a family member that you, you wished you could afford to do. And as you, God begins to prosper you and bless you, you now can. And you see your finances having purpose. And when we tithe, it is the ultimate expression. Now one of the things Malachi said is tithe to the storehouse, Okay. I want to suggest, this is, a, this is a controversial issue for some people. It wasn't biblically. The idea of the storehouse in the New Testament church was your home church, where you are fed. Not only where you are fed, but where you are built up and you participate in the mission of the kingdom. Do you understand that? See, in the New Testament, people gave their tithe to the leadership to be used as ministry of the body. They didn't just designate it wherever they wanted and go, well, I'm kind of doing it, God. No, they participated in what the kingdom was doing together, the body. See, the tithe is a statement of your belonging to and participating in and your ownership and submission to the mission of your church. And I mean, one of the things I just want to say to people is you need to understand something. 100% of our budget here is missions. This is our ministry. And we don't have any big benefactor from out there, right? You're like, well, there must be some huge benefactor out there. No, sorry, we don't. Not that we're not praying for one. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't think that would be good for the church, honestly. We're, it's our church. This is our ministry. This is our mission. God's called us. He wants to do miracles through us. He wants to change his community through us. He doesn't want some benefactor to just write checks so that we don't have to think about or worry about it. That doesn't do us any good. God wants to multiply our resources like the little kid's lunch. You know, when he fed the multitude with a kid's lunch, that kid went home, I, I, you know, we're told 12 baskets, and you get the idea, oh, one for each disciple. I'm sure that kid went home with quite a lunch, right? He started out with five loaves and two fish. I don't even know how much that kid went, Mom, look what I got. Now you go give that back to whoever it belongs to. No, Jesus gave it to me. He multiplied. He wants to do that for River City Community Church, and this is our mission. This is our church. We're supposed to carry out this vision and this mission to our community. And 100% of our budget is missions. You're like, oh, you give it all the way to foreign missions? 
we give a lot away to foreign missions, but everything we do in this community is our mission. Presenting the gospel, feeding the poor, ministering to families, marriages, kids. It's all missions. That's what your tithes go to. Let me just tell you, one of the things I hear from people, oh, I don't tithe any one church because, you know, I don't trust the church. I don't trust the church. And those of you who've heard me talk on this before, you know where I'm going with this. I will hear some really smart guys say, oh, I don't tithe because I don't trust the church. I don't trust what they'll do with my money. And then I watch him walk into our children's wing and drop off his kids. If you don't trust us with your money, for the love of God, don't leave your children. You know, oh, no, no, you trust my kids. Oh, please. But my money's really important. My money matters. You know, my child, you can't screw them up that bad. It's only, you know, a couple hours. Seriously, what does that say? I mean, it happens all the time. Stop, it's just an excuse. It's just an excuse. It's because we don't want to deal with this, and we don't want to get real. And what I'm saying is this is between you and God. I'm not showing up at your house this week, you know, kind of saying, well, I've noticed, you know, you, I, I'm not doing any of that, okay? This is between you and God. But I want to say to you, if, you are, if this is your church home, like if you're visiting and you're part of another church, that's where your tithe goes because that's your mission. And if you're sitting on the sidelines over there and kind of holding back because you're not sure, if you don't trust your church, and if you're here at River City and you don't trust your church, to use the tithe well and to use it for ministry, find another church. Find a church you do trust and get in the game. Participate. Be a part of it. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called Fear Not, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, and we hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.